that we are called the righteous ones of God. We bless you this morning for this service. We thank you for everything that you're going to do in it. We set ourselves in agreement for whatever it is that you want to do. We know that you will go through the airways, Lord God, and you will touch hearts. You will change lives. You will snatch those from darkness and bring them into the kingdom of your light. We bless you this morning, Lord God, because your name is great. There is power in your name. Your name is wonderful. Your name is majestic. Your name is righteous. Your name is holy. We lift up that name this morning because it all belongs to you. All glory, all power, all honor belongs to you. All authority is in your hands. So we bless you this morning. We thank you again, Lord God, for the ability to be able to call ourselves the righteousness of God, the joint heirs, hallelujah, with Jesus. And we're just excited about what you're going to do in our midst this morning. We ask, Lord God, that you would go and touch bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Anyone that is among us, anyone that is watching, Father, and those that can't watch, we thank you this morning that you are walking through the hallways and you are touching bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Those that are laying in hospital beds, Lord God, those that are at home recovering, Father, you are touching, you are doing the work. At your word, they should shall be healed and we are thanking you thanking you for the praise reports that will come forth the testimonies of the goodness of our God now God once again we ask that you would do what you do best touch hearts Holy Spirit teach us lead us and guide us into all the truths that we need to know and we will hallelujah walk in it thereby and we thank you for these things in the matchless name of Jesus the Christ we pray Amen and amen. Bless the Lord. Good morning again to you. I trust that all is well. I'm believing that you've had a restful night and that today you're ready to worship your God. You've awakened with the joy of the Lord on your lips and a song in your heart. I thank God for that song. When, he, when we call his name, the things that happen when we call his name. It's exciting today. It's a good day. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get into the word of God this morning. For all of you joining us from wherever you are, we thank you for choosing this house as a place for worship this morning that you would seek to get your, your living bread from today. If you would, turn with me to the book of John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to pick up where I left off last week and kind of continue with this. We're talking about the voice of the shepherd in tough times. The voice of the shepherd in tough times. Can you say that at home? The voice of the shepherd in tough times. And so we're going to read a few verses and then, as my usual, we'll unpack what we're going to read and, and I'll say a few things and, and we'll move into it a little deeper. Praise the Lord. All right, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Catch that. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from a stranger, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I heard a story, a couple stories this week about the behavior of sheep. And one of them was a story about a woman who was raised on a farm as a child. And it included a bunch of livestock, but particularly some sheep. And she said over time, sheep associate the shepherd's voice or the sound that he makes with the benefits that they will get. Benefits like food, benefits like protection. They associate the sound of the shepherd's voice with benefits. But the newborn lambs are interesting, and I thought this was interesting. The newborn lambs from birth learn to follow the flock until such time that they can distinguish the shepherd's voice and the sound that the shepherd makes. The key is that the babes stay with the flock. That was the key. I thought that was very interesting. There are those in the family of God that believe that God no longer really speaks, that he has completed his speaking when the completion of the canon uh, was fulfilled. After the scriptures were written, after all of it was put together, God speaks primarily in the scriptures, and we believe that God speaks in the scriptures, but their belief is that he no longer speaks to people. The shepherd's voice can only be heard really within the context of what he says, and that's in, in the scriptures. That's what many of them believe. We call them cessationist. They believe that things have ceased at a certain period of time. I believe, however, that God still speaks to us in a lot of ways. The text kind of confirms that for us. If you read back a little bit, in chapter 9, you come across a story where Jesus heals this man who is blind. And the man goes back to the Pharisees, and they're offended because this man is claiming it's impossible for this man to heal me if he's not connected to God in some way. And the Pharisees took art with that, and they told the young man, are you trying to tell us about God? Are you trying to tell us about the law? We know better than you. You've been a sinner all your life. And so they mistreated the man a bit. The man healed by Jesus. So Jesus' comments here take us back a little further into an Old Testament context where shepherds 
didn't treat sheep so well. And unfortunately today, that's still happening. So in the Old Testament, if you read like Ezekiel 34, and you'll see where shepherds, Scripture says they literally ate the sheep. The sheep. They, they, they devoured the sheep. They, they consumed the sheep. They abused them so bad. And so God began to deal with shepherds. And he talked about sending the shepherds after his own heart. And so Jesus here picks up on all of that, and he, and he knows they know what he's talking about because they're familiar with the Old Testament and, and the Scriptures. And he picks up on that whole idea of shepherd and sheep, and he elaborates on it, and he distinguishes one from another. He begins to talk about shepherds had to watch their flock against thieves and robbers. Jesus distinguishes now, he distinguishes the two, thieves from robbers. The understanding was thieves would break in, but robbers would wait in the wilderness until people came by to rob them. Shepherds had to watch their flock carefully. But Jesus now, who is the door to the sheepfold, He's painting a picture for these Pharisaic leaders that unless you come in through me, you're a thief and a robber. In other words, you have no right to the sheep. That's an interesting statement. He says, I'm the door. And they especially did not look like Jesus because they didn't treat the sheep like Jesus would. Jesus loved his sheep. As a matter of fact, at the end of his life here on earth, he told Peter, he said, Peter, three times, he said, do you love me? And one of those times he said, make sure you feed my sheep. So he was, he was obviously speaking a prophetic word to Peter, but, but also reinforcing how much he loved his sheep. So the people listening to this conversation is Israel. Israel is familiar with God's voice in a certain way. They're familiar with God's voice through the law. They're familiar with God's voice through the prophets. They know God to speak that way. This was the only voice of God that they knew. And if God did speak audibly, it's, it frightened them. As a matter of fact, one time they asked Moses, Moses, please tell him don't speak like that again. So they only had a certain way of knowing God. But John is writing to new covenant people. Knowing these people would be reading his letter. He's writing and referencing those times, but the readers he's, he's re writing to are new covenant people. People who would now hear God through the Spirit. Their interaction with God would no longer be through the letter, but it would be by Spirit. And this was something Judaism didn't think was possible, but now made possible by Christ. Jesus drives this point home when he says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will ever snatch them out of my hand. And that's good to know. 
especially in times like this, that we are secured in Jesus. He speaks here exclusively to the new covenant believer. And he says, he says, my sheep, notice he uses my sheep as he used the, the same terminology when he said, I will build my church. Jesus obviously knew there would be other sheep and there would be other churches, but they wouldn't be his. So he qualifies it. He's saying those who come to him by faith, believing in him would have the capacity to hear him. Did you hear that? Those who would come to him, <coughs> believing by faith, they would have the capacity to hear him. He is still speaking to his followers in this unique way. He's still speaking to his sheep in this very unique way. And it's up to the sheep to know the voice because he said we would know the voice. In this passage, in other passages, we are told we would know his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. So he clarifies this for us. Now let me say this. In a season like we're in right now, this is a time when God begins to fine-tune the ear of his sheep. I'm going to say that again. This is a time. In times of crisis, God knows he has the attention of his sheep. And what he begins to do in times like this is fine-tune the capacity of his sheep to hear his voice. Now, we're all at different maturity levels, and I'm going to try to talk to, to the various maturity levels. But he still is trying to fine-tune, because here's the deal, folks. The most important thing we can do is hear the voice of God and do what that voice tells us. It's the most important thing we can do. We need to be able to hear God's voice. And yes, my cessationist brothers are right. God speaks through the canon. As a matter of fact, primarily, that's how he's speaking to us. But he also speaks into our hearts. And so, this weekend, this week, my son told me a nice story about my grandchild. And I like to hear the productivity of my grandchildren. And so he told me that one of my granddaughters, her grade point average went up since she's been home. And I began to think, I said, she could not achieve that without her capacity to interpret and then translate that into action. She has to first be able to interpret what she's hearing and then take that what she's hearing and translate it into some kind of action. The reality is you can't perform what you can't interpret. You can't perform what you can't interpret. Here's a powerful statement. We interpret what God is saying and then translate that into actionable faith. We, 
We, we, we interpret what God is saying to us. And, and many people, I've heard so many people tell me, you know, I believe this is what God is saying to me. And when you hear what God is saying to you, you take that and you translate that into actionable faith. Why? Because without faith, we can't please God. So when God speaks, he expects us to act upon what he is saying so that in turn, it translates into a faith that can please the master. The act of faith simply begins with trusting him. That's, that's a beginning level. That's one way peace comes to us in troubled times. We trust God. Say that with me. I trust God. Some may say, but I don't hear. I don't know how to hear God. If you can read, you can hear God. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to read. Today, you can take these and, and let it speak to you. You can get it in Braille. There's all kinds of ways the Bible comes. But the bottom line is, if you can read, you can hear God at a basic level of hearing God. Remember the story. The lambs were not familiar with the voice of the shepherd, but they stuck with the flock they, until they recognized the voice of the shepherd. I like the way the apostle Paul puts it. He puts it another way. This is what he says. He takes us a little deeper. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which you, he has called you, what are, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Paul had to pray for this. He said, I'm praying for this, that God may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. What we're experiencing, we should be getting insight from. Our experience with God should bring us to a certain place of insight with God. There should be, God should be, at some point, we begin to see God and understand God in the context of which he is sharing himself with us. Within this crisis, I believe God is sharing himself with us. He wants you to see him in the context in which he is sharing himself. He knows the level of every person, and he's capable of giving you the insight that you need. Paul prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Realize this, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's praying for spiritual comprehension and revelation in knowing who? Jesus. So that the eyes of your heart, the capacity to see. Jesus used to say to people, he said, he said they have eyes, but they can't see. What he was speaking was about the spirit. Their hearts were blind to him. And they could not see. So he spoke to them in parables. So that hearing, they won't hear. And seeing, they may not comprehend. Now we have teachers, folks, who teach us, taught us how to learn. Our teachers taught us how to learn. Some of you are teachers teaching the children how to learn week after week. 
God is teaching us how to discern. Our teachers teach us how to learn. God is teaching us how to discern. It's another level of, of interpretation. Jesus told Peter, it wasn't the classroom you learned about me. My father told you about me. Remember, Jesus said, Peter, who do men say that I am? He said, some say this, some say that. And Jesus said, who do you say? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. My father gave you that information. You didn't get that from a teacher in a classroom. So God is trying to teach us how to discern his, his patterns, his ways. When things are rocky, we, the believer should be as, as solid as a rock because he hears the voice of God, he follows God, he knows where he's going, he understands his movements in a, in a, in a convoluted, crazy time. He's able to stay still, peaceful, because he understands the movements of the shepherd. And that's my point today, trying to drive this point home to you today so you will understand the movements of the shepherd. Jesus asleep in a boat, resting, the disciples going nuts, trying to figure out what's happening. Disturbed, and, and I believe they were a little disturbed with Jesus in such peace. But you got to understand, the world Jesus lived in was a world of peace. That's the world God is trying to bring us in. But the, he can only bring us into the dimension that we receive what he says. There are going to be a lot of voices out here, folks. A lot of voices vying for your attention. But there's only one voice that matters. There's only one voice that can steer you through the morass of life. There's only one. The voice of the shepherd. So we move to a next level. And the next level we move to is this. We follow the heart of God when you don't know the voice of God or when you're not hearing the voice of God. You can follow the heart of God when you don't hear the voice of God. When you can't hear the voice, and sometimes it, it, it appears that God goes silent, but you know, you already know the heart of God. And this is next level understanding. You know the heart of God, so you follow God's heart knowing who he is, knowing what he would do and what he wouldn't do. I like what it says about Moses. In Psalm 103, he said, he made known his ways to Moses, but his deeds to Israel. Did you hear that? He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to Israel. If you know a person's ways, you already know what they'll do. Knowing a person's ways is about knowing them at heart. Knowing the character of the individual, knowing that person, what they will do from one point to the next. And Moses, who wrote Genesis and understood some things about God, he knew God's methods, he knew God was light to his creation, he knew God's glory, he knew the heart of God. Israel. They knew crossing across the Red Sea. They knew the plagues that God would send on their enemies. They knew the hand of God. 
There's a difference between knowing the heart and the hand. There are two different levels of knowing, two degrees of intimacy, heart and hand, two different degrees of intimacy. Healthy children know more than their parents, they, they, healthy children know more than their parents' hand. They know their parents' heart. I've had some people tell me, you know, the interaction with their children. And they buy this, and they buy that, and they buy... Yeah, they want all of that, but they also want you. They want your heart. They want to know the heart of their parent. That is what secures them, not the stuff you buy them. What secures them is the heart of their parents. So the whole idea of another comforter coming, when Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter, realize what he was doing. He's now going to move from a physical to a spiritual position with the disciples. These guys were used to being with him every day, him providing food, him taking the little boy's lunch and praying over it and blessing everybody. They were accustomed to that. Now they had to follow him in spirit. And that's a whole different level of following. But he expects us to get there. I said he expects us to get there. He expects us to get there. Jesus said, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's the heart that matters. Following him from the heart. It's what he wants us to get to know him. So in, in times like this, when we don't hear him speaking directly to us, we know his movements and we can follow his heart. God said about David, very popular and familiar portion of scripture, David was a man after my own heart. Out of all of the stuff David's life uh, produced, all of the confusion and all of the times his children going off and his family and people coming against him, his, he creating his own crisis. David, at the end of his story, God says he was a man after my own heart. What did David pursue? He pursued the heart of God. He pursued God's heart. He may have been a failure in a lot of areas, but one area he was a master. He had a PhD in following the heart of God. He understood God's heart. And when God gave the example to Israel of shepherds, it was David and Moses. These are the guys that are real shepherds. There are times we are not hearing him, but we should never stop knowing him. And we have to follow what we know. There are times when we stop, when we're not hearing him as clearly, but we have to follow what we know about him. God knows his people according to their hearts. The heart determines everything about us, motive, purpose. But we should also know his heart. And he expects us to know it. It's not a time for us to, to waste a crisis. This is, this is a good time for us to, to benefit and to glean, extract out of this crisis. What, what should we be extracting? Our relationship with God should be enhanced. 
it should go deeper. The roots should be going deeper. If you're a Christian, if you're following God, I like the story of a young man named Samuel whose mother brought him to the temple to be trained by a priest, Eli. And one night they're sleeping in the temple and, and a voice comes and says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he runs to Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. And the voice again says, Samuel. And Samuel runs to Eli and Eli says, he says, I didn't call you, son. The third time he gets up, he does the same thing. Eli says, listen, the next time you hear that voice, just say, speak, Lord. And Eli, who was a babe, it says this about Eli. I mean, Samuel. It says this about Samuel. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So the times when he was jumping up, going to Eli to, to, are you speaking, sir? Eli said, no. The next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord. God was developing him. Not externally, but internally. The word of the Lord had not been yet revealed to him. He had not been accustomed to the word of the Lord. But once he did, he was on point. Once he did, he became a major prophet. Once he did, he was able to speak into the lives of others. And he began to discern God's voice. Samuel's knowing God and discerning him directly was connected to God's words. Discerning God connected to God's words. When the word of the Lord is revealed to you, things begin to happen inside you. It's not just anybody's words. These are God's words. These are eternal words. There's something that happens on the inside of your heart. That's why 1.6 million people downloaded version in a month. Why did they want? They wanted it for comfort, but they also want to hear the voice of God. So you've got people who are looking for his voice. And hear his voice. And he said, my sheep would definitely, my sheep would definitely hear my voice. I know them, they follow me. And nobody can snatch them out of my hands. So our capacity to discern, I believe is one of the more important deposits that the Holy Spirit makes. In church, you've heard me say this. I believe out of all the gifts that the Holy Spirit deposits in us, I think discernment is one of the key gifts. It is one of the key gifts to be able to discern, to be able to have sight inside, to be able to distinguish one thing from another. It is so key. It is so key. God knows your cardiac signature. You probably say, what is pastor talking about now? God knows your cardiac signature. There's a name for that. It's called biometric identification or the cardiac signature. Today, there are ways that are being used even by our government to track and follow people. And, um, and th there's a way that they use to track certain ISIS terrorists to identify them. 
And one of the ways was gait recognition. In other words, how you walk, gait recognition. It's interesting because you, all of us have very unique gaits in how we walk. I probably fool a lot of people because my gait was altered over the last several months after knee replacement surgery. I don't walk the same way anymore. So it's a different gait, and even my children notice it. I don't notice it, but my kids notice it. Dad walks different now. And so your gait, there's a gait recognition that is used. That means that every one of us have a unique walk. There's an iris recognition, the eyes. Makes you unique. So does your fingerprint. These are all ways of identifying who you are, the uniqueness of who you are. But all of those are alterable. I know gait is alterable, personally. I know the iris can be manipulated a bit. Hand fingerprints can be manipulated. But your cardiac signature is inalterable, unless you had a transplant. And even in that, that's a very rare thing. As a matter of fact, one of my good friends this morning, on the way this morning to service, texted me, Pastor, I'm praying for you that you will preach so that the kingdom uh, anoints you to preach this morning. Good friend of mine, pastor who had a heart transplant. But that's a rare thing. Heart, cardiac signature, it can't be disguised. It's the, way, it's the way your heart beats, which is unique to you and only you. Our creator knew his creation would attempt to change some of these things moving along. And he gave us something that's very unique, that's inalterable. He knew there would be people dissatisfied with their appearance, dissatisfied with the color of their eyes. Transplants of all kinds would bring peace to some who are trying to find peace apart from him. But this one thing cannot be changed unless he changes it himself. And that he changes spiritually. Because even a transplant... He can override that because he changes things spiritually. He changes things spiritually. And notice what he said. I will give you a what? A new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is a surgical procedure that only God can perform. But it demands this kind of heart to be connected to him, to hear what he wants to say. That new heart, that new spirit is how he communicates to us. And he develops that new heart, gets more sensitive, it gets more developed, more discerning, more accurate, more spiritually precise. And the word flesh here is symbolic of something pliable, something that can be shaped. Like I said, God is the only one that can do this. He changes your cardiac signature to match his own. I'm going to say that again. He changes your cardiac signature to match his own. This goes to the core of a person's being. You, can, you begin to talk differently. 
You begin to think differently. You begin to look like him in attitude and in your response. Wow, I like that. You begin to change how you respond to crisis. He changes how you respond to challenging times. Times when you've, you've lost your mind in certain situations. Now you've got this new heart, this new spirit, and now you find yourself in a place of calm. He changed your cardiac signature. Only God can do that. It goes to the core of your being. Things don't upset you the way they used to. And when he speaks, you know it's him. When he moves, you know that's him. Yeah. He can get you to respond to other people the way he wants you to respond. In other words, maybe there were times when you were a bit antagonistic against this one and that one. Now there's this peace that comes over you and all you want to do is love on people and treat them right. He changes your cardiac signature. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. That's what he said. He says, I give them eternal life. No one will pluck them out of my hand. They're in my hand eternally. And let me bring peace to some of you. When Jesus said you're in his hand eternally, that's what he meant. His love is a love that is almost incomprehensible. But his love for you will move you from time into eternity. And so now is the time, folks. Now is the time, church. Really dig deep. Make good use of this time. Make good use of what God is saying to you right now. Learn that voice. Discern it. Get into the word and learn it. Like Samuel. Samuel began to develop when the word of God was revealed to him. He began to develop when the word of God began to be made clear and plain to him. Now is your hour. Now is your moment, your time of being fully reconciled to God in, in all the ways. Submitting to his word. Because we need, we need to know what he's saying to us. We need to know what he's saying in this hour. I sense very strongly that God is deconstructing his church to again reconstruct it. He's reconstructing it around one key thing, his spirit. Not by might, not by power, as it says in Zechariah, but by my spirit, he's changing the way things will be. And that's what a crisis does. It's bringing us back to the original purpose for which he came. So let's pray, church. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you, Lord God, for the, what we call the anointing that rests upon the lives of your people.
And God, right now, I pray, even now, under the sound of my voice, that someone will know who you are this morning in a different way. That someone will come to know Jesus. That they will come to understand who he is. His purpose. His heart. And that he came for one thing, the salvation of humanity. And so, God, I pray for the house. I pray for people watching this morning, every person this morning listening. God, I pray that you have your unique way of drawing men and women to yourself. Do it today again, Lord. And as they come, may they come, Lord God, realizing this is something they always needed. We can't live life unto ourselves. You gave us life, and you best can tell us how to live it. Because only the life you've given will we find fulfillment in that life. And so my prayer today, God, for every person hearing me today, speak to their hearts. Speak to that heart, Lord God, that is, that is right now probably sitting alone in their home, God. Concerned fearful about this crisis, fearful because certain people that they know have gone on, fearful. God, alleviate their fears right now. Let breathe upon that life today and cause them, oh God, to see you in a whole different light. Hallelujah. Let them know, God, nothing happens without your knowledge. And just because it happens doesn't mean you're not involved, oh God, in the center of it. No, you may not have caused it, but you sure can bring good and glory out of it. So I pray for those, oh God, that person that is alone in their home by themselves right now, God. I pray for that family unit now, Lord God. Some challenges have hit them, God. I pray for them right now. That's that household, oh God. There's, there's, there's been antagonism that has crept into that home. God, I pray right now. Bring light to that situation. God, I pray you're reinforcing them that you're their hope and not what their hand can bring. God, I thank you. I've seen you in tough times. I know you can provide in tough times. I've watched you do it, God. And so, God, I pray for each person today in their own experience, be what they need you to be. Be the I am for every individual this morning. Whatever they need, you can be that for them. And God, I pray that if someone is hearing today, that has made the decision for Jesus. I glorify you for that decision. And thank you, Lord, for touching their life this morning. We pray for them this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're such a person that this morning accepted Jesus as your Savior, just drop us a line. We want to reach out to you. You can go to our website, truthcenter.org, and, and, and email us, info at truthcenter.org, and, and just reach out to us. we like to get some materials into your hand, connect with you, and just help walk you through this, this walk with Christ. This is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life, is settle eternity. So we're praying for you this morning. Well, bless the Lord.
TC, I hope you got something out of this this morning. It's time for us to honor God in our giving. And I hear the hand claps going because we know in this house what that means. Anytime we can be identified and connect with God and, 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 and be, just walk alongside him and what he's doing, we're excited about it. There's a scripture that says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And what he is saying to us in, in essence is that he is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you'll never have a sufficient insufficiency in all things. He's able to be all things you need him to be. So would you take the time right now and, and either use your phone or go to our website. We have a donate place there that you can give or use the phone, the app. If you're a new person and you'd like to contribute, those are ways you can do it. We have an app, a Truth Center app that you can download on an iPhone or the Droid and participate with us. Thank you so much again for joining us this morning. I hope God spoke to your heart this morning. Blessings. Good morning, Truth Center. If you're visiting with us for the very first time and you would like to stay connected to what we are doing here at Truth Center, we ask that you would please visit our website. Give us your information at info at truthcenter.org and this way you can stay connected to what we are doing here at Truth Center. We have a few announcements. Our King's Jewels Ministry, our children ages 6 to 12, you will have a live Zoom event this morning at 11.30 a.m. If you have not received the email already, you can just go to our website at truthcenter.org and click on the banner and you will be directed right into the live event this morning at 11.30. And sorrowfully, this week, we will celebrate the life of our own brother Odell Odom. And the services will take place at 7 p.m. April 30th, that's Thursday evening. And this will be a live Zoom event. For details on how you can participate, you can visit our website info at truthcenter.org and send us an email or you can call the ministry office at 516-621-3814. We're still gathering on Wednesday evenings. That is also online. And again, if you're a first time visitor and you don't know how to join us for the gathering, it is on our website and you will be directed there. And we want to continue to pray for those that are on our targeted prayer list. Keep them in your prayers. And if you have someone 
that is not on our prayer list and you would like them placed on our prayer list, email us at info at truthcenter.org or you can call the ministry office at 516-621-3814. And we are still in our corporate prayer time on Monday mornings and Friday mornings at 6 a.m. And we are having a wonderful time in God's presence. Truth Center, continue to walk in victory and have an awesome, awesome week on purpose. Well, bless the Lord. Again, we reached the conclusion of another service, but not the end of the day. Have a great day today. Walk in God's grace and the wisdom of God and just enjoy his presence with your family, your friends, and give somebody a call and encourage their hearts. Talk to your friends about our services on Sunday. Invite them to the service on Sunday. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., we are welcoming people from all over the world. Blessings to you, TC. Have a great week in God's presence. Father, we thank you so much for your people. God, we leave this place, but never your presence. Lord God, and I pray for every home that it experiences your kind of peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's say this, TC, together. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Blessings.